<laughs> yeah, I can't do both, I guess. <laughs> well, well, how was your trip, man? It was good. It was good. Yeah, I had fun down there. Went and hung out with Eddie and Gabe and went to the Eddie's coffee shop and all that What's kind of stuff. What's the name of the coffee shop? Yeah, it was a fun trip. It's a 2.0 coffee in Porterville. So him and his wife run, right? What's yep. his wife's name again? I can never remember. Angela. Angela. Angela Patterson. Yeah, they have a coffee shop. And then right next door, they have a, uh, it's kind of like a gym. It's called Osteo Strong. It's a type of gym or fitness right. center. So, yeah, we hung out down there. Visited with Gabe. from. He came out from Utah for the three or four right. days. You guys got some hunting in then? Yeah, got a little hunting in. End up treeing, uh, we end up treeing four fox. So, nice. yeah, it was a good time. Heck yeah. Well, you're getting down there a bit, aren't you? Yeah, I go down there quite a bit. Uh, mostly in the wintertime, we go, go hunt, you know, Logan's Ranch a lot or different places down there. But this time of year, it's so hot. It's, you know, guy goes early mornings and tries to get in a little hunting when you can. Yeah. But. It's it makes it tough. Yeah, no kidding. Are you running at night too? <laughs> yeah, but time it cools off, it's yeah. midnight. You know, trust me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's this heat makes it tough. But yeah, we try to go whenever it cools off enough to where the dogs can handle yeah. it. You got to keep them keep them exercised and keep them tuned up. Yeah, you know? no kidding. Well, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today because we just did. But I don't know by the time this comes out, how long ago, but the episode on, you know, prep work to do with pups before taking them to the woods, like all the things that you go yeah. through and that's just your method. But it's, uh, it's funny cause we just, uh, we just launched an episode of Steve Fielders about puppy training and puppy training is like a big thing right now. There's a lot of training yeah. podcasts. So I think it's cool to kind of work through it as that progression you know, from making the transition and being ready to go to the woods and actually go into the woods. So I, that's kind of where I'd like to pick up on this one is just your method on how you go through. And obviously each dog is different, but I'm sure you've got some tips and tricks that you've picked up. Oh yeah. for sure. So let's say for first time, we kind of left it at that, you know, the dog knew how to load. It was comfortable with the box taken for rides, not getting car sick. You, you know, we went through that, but this is go time and you're headed to the woods with that pup for the first time. What, what's going through your head? Okay. The, the first thing I like to do is I like to evaluate the pup, which you kind of should already know this by the time you really start hunting the dog. But I like to see if the dog is the type of dog that's natural strike dog and it wants to strike everything, yeah. you know? Um, so you already know that it's going to strike, so you don't have to worry about that part. So that's why I don't like roading those type of dogs. You know, the ones, young ones that are wanting to run anything, everything <laughs> they smell. I like to set them up, um, on whatever game I'm wanting to pursue, which I run gray Fox. So I want to put them on a whole bunch of gray Fox. So I wait till my old dogs get a Fox truck, you know, which it should be a Fox. So sometimes they're screwed <laughs> up too, but most of the time it should be a Fox. And so then I put them out there and then I know they're on a fox scent. And so I do that and get them on, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 fox, depending on how long the dog takes. And once it's figured out that fox smell and knows that's the smell that it's after, then I can put them in the road and start roading them. 
and try to, you know, most time they break mm -hmm. themselves, but then if they do run some off game, you could bump them with the collar and they, they kind of put it together pretty fast. Like so that. do you kind of like, um, when you're putting them out, the dogs that are more focused and not like it, uh, the best I've heard it is an automatic rig dog. Like smell something, boop, there it is. It, it doesn't have time to process. That's a fox. That's a cat. That's a bear. Like they don't care at that point. Yeah. Because if you put that on the ground, do you feel like if you're letting them kind of mess with it a little, even when you call them back, you're you're not like uh, progressing. It's just teaching them to kind of stay closer. I want my dogs to go out there and try to find a track. So I don't want to discourage them from striking in any way, shape, or form. So I already know they're going to strike. So I'm not worried about that um, at this point. You know, the ones that are not striking and not wanting to run everything they come across, then I'll just keep rolling those and kind of let them figure it out. But as soon as they start striking everything under the sun, that's when I quit rolling. Mm -hmm. So that I don't want them to get discouraged of striking a track so i don't want to um, correct them at this point so i want to get them like i said on 15 20 good pieces of game and that way they know they know what they're looking for when i put them in the road but yeah it's it's not I, i've seen it a, you know a bunch of times i've done it myself that you get a dog that's striking at a young age and you go to breaking them before they you go to hunting them then you know they're they're gonna you're not gonna have a very good strike dog in my opinion because mm -hmm. they're gonna be n nervous about striking anything because every time they do they get shocked right you wanna it's like that magic point between just starting and like you are gonna probably run anything that's leaving a track right now like just gamey ready to go yeah. You know, I've had some dogs before that weren't very gamey, but a lot of the ones I've been raising lately are really gamey. Like they have no problem going with dogs and I've already had them, you know, buddied up with the other dogs. They've been kenneled with them. They know them. So they go, going is not a problem, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I'm not worried about that part when, with my pups. I'm just worried about getting them in the right direction. So like I said, I'd like take them to trees, jump out races, I think are great. Tie all the old dog all the dogs back matter of fact and i got a 40 foot jump out pole I, with the bell on the end i shake it around that fox hears that he'll come out of the tree and i could put them pups on a red hot fox right. and normally they don't run as far you know a jump out so they'll go three four five hundred yards in the tree and then i'll do that you know two or three times with that fox if i can see the fox is kind of getting shorter trees and getting kind of get tired i don't want them to catch it so i just you know i'll quit messing with that one sure. but you know, you do that and get them really tuned up on, on what you're wanting them to run. I think a lot of guys are wanting their dog to strike, run, and tree, and do all that stuff before they ever know what they're after. You no know? foundation, really. Yeah. What about... I was listening to a podcast today with a guy that trains the, the um, protection dog that mm -hmm. I And just like he was talking about what he does with his, you know, the... With the bomb training, he lets them smell that scent over yep. and over and over and over. So I think that's kind of the same thing. You we know? got so much gotta feedback get on that one too. Like a oh, lot yeah, more than I was even podcast. expecting. Yeah, that one was that was a good. It's one. all about the foundations, you know, because that's and what I was thinking that's to. kind of the same thing, you know, that we do. Yeah. So what about like you said, the dogs now you have are the puppies are real gamey, but what about like I'm sure you've had one in the past that didn't really want to go off the bat and you got to kind of approach that a little different. Like you can't make them go. 
they have to want no, to go. Sure. What what would you do for like somebody in that situation where they got a pup that's just not not real eager to get in on the action? Um, so like I said earlier in the last podcast, I like to buddy them up with somebody, so that's their friend. And then they'll normally follow that one. But even if they're not doing that, then I'll try to trigger their prey drive. I do that by I'll take a I got a big, you know, deep sea fishing pole. And I'll put a bunch of fox in on a fox hide or whatever, and I'll get them just chasing that around in a circle around the yard. When I even do that when they're a little younger, just depending on the pup, right. you know, ones that are not as high strung or not as gamey, I do it with. But the ones that are kind of gamey and a little crazy already, I don't want to do that with them because it makes them a little rattlehead. I think. Sure. But once you get them chasing that around, it kind of triggers their prey drive, and then they learn, you know, that that smell, that scent, and they learn they're chasing it. And the thing I like to do is never let them have it. Make them always want it, you know, because once they, it's hard to train a uh, dog on a dead piece of game on a hide right. or anything like that. So you got to simulate it being as live as much as possible. So never let them grab it, chew on it, because then they're going to realize it's not live. And then, you know, they're not going to be as apt to chase it. That makes sense. But it takes sometimes three or four or five times to get them to chase it, you know, but, or you get another dog out there with them and they see that dog chasing the hide around and they'll normally start, you know, eventually. Right on. But, and then some, you know, obviously just never got it. They just don't have the prey drive, but. So how do you exit that situation? Like if somebody's working with a flirt pole or something like that, you say never let them catch it. And I know I've seen a ton of guys, like they do let them catch it after time. Like it's a reward. But I get the concept behind it. But how do you remove that? Like, you obviously aren't going to discourage them from chasing it so you can get away. Yeah. So I'll just take the pole and run it up a tree, you know, and the dog will either tree on it or lose interest. When it loses interest, I'll tie the dog back. You know, it can't get a hold of it because the hide's up the tree. So I'll tie the pup up. Then I'll run away with the hide and make it bark and watch it leave. And then it's just, you know, it's gone. And then I'll take the pup and do it, put it away. But I can do it like maybe 15 minutes or so. I don't want to get them bored of it. So once I want to leave them on a good note. So I want them wanting it when I, when I put the hide away. So when they're barking at it up the tree, what do you do then? Just take the dog away from the situation? Yeah, just take the dog away and leave, you know, drag them away. Don't, you know encourage them to you know come on or jerk on them or whatever just kind of walk away and pull them away and make them leave them wanting to get back to that tree make them wanting wanting. and i'm sure that like instills a thought process in their head too like that's stationary it's staying here they're taking me away so i'm sure that helps with tree instinct too oh yeah sticking yeah it definitely helps and it like i said they're all different you know some of them you got to do that two or three times they you know the first time they might not do it Mm -hmm. you know you might have to you know whatever triggers them they might not be mature enough right age you know, some irrelevant. dogs take yeah some are ready at five six months old some are ready year old you know it just depends on the pup right um some of them will chase that hide at eight weeks old some don't care a world about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right but that don't to me that that doesn't mean anything to me really um sometimes i've had the ones that start really fast you know, turn out to be the lesser dog of the ones that were kind of slow starters. The plateau. Like everyone I've had oh, this early do. starter, it's like rocket ship, we're making progress, and then uh, flatline. They just never seem to move past yeah. a certain level. Like they quit learning. Yeah, that does happen a lot. It's weird. Like I have a lot of conversations about that. And I think back to like one particular dog that was like, 
man, at six months old, cold trailing out in front of finished dogs. I mean, like just kind of a freak. And then boom, it was over. And I couldn't figure out how to get him past it. Honestly, I sold the dog and I just couldn't, couldn't figure it out. I didn't have any tricks in my arsenal for that, but that's the beauty of these podcasts, man. Now, now there's like 500 episodes out there <laughs> yeah. and like different training methods and whatever. Yeah, that's awesome because everybody can kind of pick through them all and get what works for them the best, you know? Right. Well, so like, let's say, okay, we've, we've done our work with a dog that didn't really want to show interest. And that seems like something anybody can do. Fishing pole, PVC pipe, whatever. We sell, yeah. some. if you need some, it's pretty realistic. I mean, enough, all those field trials are running it. So yeah, I'd say 99% of the field trials on the West coast are all running our scent. So it must work a little bit at least. Yeah. Yeah. They'll definitely taste it. You know, I don't know if it's hundred percent like the real animal, but right. close enough to it, get an idea. As close as you're going to get, you know? So let's say they're going, we've got them to that point. They're running with the dogs, whether they're just, you know, trailing butts or trailing game. A lot of people talk about the mouth on a dog and how they run a track. And I know we've covered that with track style a hundred times when we've talked. But the importance for you, I know, is going to be different than like, let's say some of the bear hunters. They like a real open mouth on on track, no matter where they're at in the race, where the small game, it's way different because these dogs are pretty much. Uh, it's desirable if they honor a dog. You just have to have the dogs there that they can honor and it, it's worthwhile. But so if you get a young dog that's barking out of place, those front dogs make one bobble and they hear a puppy back there. Just yah, 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 yah. They're going to circle back and check it out if they made a lose, right? I mean, most of the oh, time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. A dog that's been on a lot of box will, for sure. I think that dog has a track and it's going to go to it. They shortcutting. Yeah. So yeah. how how do you go about trying to keep that mouth quiet on a pup without discouraging? Because that's a hundred percent like raw first race out, you know, they're opening up. It's like you haven't trained a bit of that. And if it's yeah. wide open, you don't want to discourage it, but you gotta kind of curb it to a point too. Yeah. So at this point, you should already know what your dog's tolerance is for the shot collar. You know, like we talked about before, some of them you can just barely vibrate them and that's all it takes. Some you got to hit harder. So you should know that at this point. So what I like to do is when my dog is is opening out of place, barking out of place, I'll bump them with that collar. But like I said, I already know their number. I know what it takes to get them to stop doing what they're doing. So I turn it down a few numbers from that. I just want enough just to get their attention. Like, just, like hey, yeah. pay attention here. You know, and then they'll kind of shut up like, what was that? And then they hear the mother dog barking. Forget and it. I'm back go. in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you don't want to shock them enough to where they're going to quit. So that's why you got to know your dog and know what number, what it's going to handle, you know? Yeah. So you know, Which you should vibrate. know all that from working on. Yeah, vibrate works good on that, but some of them, they don't even phase it. Right. You know? So it just depends. A lot of mine, I could just vibrate with something like that, and that's all it needs. Some of them, you got to shock them a little bit. Mm -hmm. But know your um, dog, like you're saying. I mean, that's yeah, where you, you have to do know your homework. Yeah, all that should have been done, you know, before you ever start hunting them. You should know, you know, the dog should have a good uh, recall. You should know what, you know, what it takes to get it to come to you. You know, and I get that question all the time. Why do they have a vibrate on these things? And I thought the same thing in the beginning, but I'll tell you what, because I tone trained mine for a recall 
and I use stimulation for correction, that vibrate, like as soon as I started using it, that is the one time I use it as a dog barking out of place. And it is, I mean, that's worked for me. I don't know if it's going to work for everybody, but that's kind of a little trick, like super secret hack that a hound guy kind of <laughs> overlooked yeah. for a long time. And when I started using it, man, it was like a hundred percent made a difference in those dogs without cutting their confidence or their drive. Yeah. I, I love the vibrate. I use it all the time. Even like a, say there's a, a bone or deer leg or something in the road that they find and they go to chew on it. You just vibrate and normally they'll just quit and leave it alone and go on mm -hmm. and don't even bother them, you know? Yeah. And uh, like I said, it, that, that's my first step is to vibrate. If that don't work, then I turn it up. But I said, all dogs are different. If I, I know the dog, like Cruz, the pup I got out of Finn and Bubbles, he's hard headed. You got to give him some juice. Vibrate, he don't even know it. Vibrated him. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but other, most of the other ones, you know, that's all it takes. I mean, what about like the, the race itself though? I mean, how much influence do you feel you put into that race with the young dog or are you just observing, watching them and seeing, I mean, like luckily small game road crossings are pretty regular. Like you get to see a lot of action and you can see where those dogs are coming across. I mean, do you just kind of kick back at that point or do you help them out when they come to a road crossing and they're behind no, I like to let them figure it out on their own. So if they're going to go across the road, I like to be out of that area. Yeah. That way, when they come across the road, the young dogs don't see me and try to come to me. That way, I'm not there. They can come across the road and they can work and figure it out. And normally, an, uh, one of the older dogs or even sometimes the young dogs will figure it out. And then once one barks off the road, they honor really well. And yeah. They'll just get across the road. But, you know, some fox, you know, I'm sure you've seen it too. They'll hit the road and run straight down the road. Oh yeah. You know, those are, those ones are tough. You gotta have a dog that knows they do that. Otherwise it, you know, just blows the whole race up. Yeah. It's funny. Cause they learn, like, I know we got a couple here that they'll come down and hit the roads. And, you know, when the dogs go in the road, they default to running one direction, turning around, running the other direction, and then coming right back and bouncing off the road. Like they've figured out that some of those are road runners and they're just, those are the worst too, because they don't leave scent. It's easy to throw a pup. And when they do bail, those dogs are usually doing, you know, 10, 12 miles an hour or whatever, full out running down the road. And they're trying to make a U-turn, trying to get back on a fox track. It's it's tough on a young dog for sure. Yeah. Another thing that roads do that is real tough to me is a fox that trees right on the road. So them dogs come running into the road. Well, they think that fox either ran up okay. and down the road or went across it. And that, you know, that's a really hard spot for a dog to locate because they're not thinking it went up. Yeah. They're going up and down the road and, you know, trying to find it. it that, uh, that, you know, normally they'll figure it out. But to me, that they take a little bit longer when they tree right on the road. Yeah. And they do that quite often. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, I think they know almost, you know, I wonder how many's got away that's treed next to the road and the dogs just couldn't figure out where it went. And, you know, it got away, from, you know, came down later after they, you picked the dogs up or whatever. Oh, you know, they learned. Oh, yeah. Now to your fox, I, I'm going to side note here a little bit because we're talking about that and like locating. That's a rough situation. Right. Oh, yeah. Or there's just certain situations that make it harder on those dogs to locate. When you're in that situation, do you totally let them figure it out on their own or do you start looking and get them? whooped up on it you know get them going 
I'll give them a little bit of time and, you know, let them get, I can almost tell if when it went up by just watching the GPS, but they'll start making loops and trying to find the track. If they don't find the track pretty soon out of there, as long as they're still looking and kind of circling around trying to find that tree or find the track, I kind of let them go. As soon as they start going on their backtrack or whatever, then I'll try to go in there and call them back over there and try to find the fox for them. But yeah. normally that's with young dogs. I got a few pretty good locators now, so normally I don't have to do that. But, you know, when I was first starting these ones out, um, I had to go in there and find quite a few for them. That's always but I try to, yeah, when they make a lose, I try to mark that area. And if they go on, then I can unmark it or whatever. But if they don't, and I know they were running hard, and I'm pretty sure the fox went up, I'll go in there and try to find it for them and then get them, encourage them to tree a little bit and then try to jump it out and run it again. Yeah. What? So do you encourage a pup quite a bit at the tree? No, just to, just enough to let them know that it went up right there. And then I quit. I, don't, I want them to learn to tree on their own. You know, I don't want them to be slick trees at all. So I want them to figure it out on their own but sometimes if they can't locate it obviously they don't know where it went right. so i would just kind of show them what tree it's in and i'd leave it at that you know i don't go too crazy well and i'd take that as kind of an opportunity for you to do more homework too like dog got in on a race like obviously it's ran the race it did the majority of the job you know except for the last 10 percent. you know the locate is what seals the deal but it's such a small mm-hmm. piece of what they have to do in the big scheme you know, something like that where they might not show a whole lot of interest. I mean, that's the night I would be home working that flirt pole, you know, the next day while it's fresh in their mind and messing with them and taking them that opportunity because they put so much together. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, it depends on the dog. If, you're, if your dog's not treating real well, and you know, there's a difference between a dog that's a good tree dog and a dog that's a good locator. Yeah. Like that bird dog I have, she's been a hammer tree dog since she was a little pup but she didn't make a good locator until she's almost two years old so define that because we've got a lot of you know novice houndsmen what's the big difference because locate and tree are two totally different words with two totally different meanings and i feel like they get lumped together a lot yeah for sure so i'm gonna start with a locate dog you know so they gotta figure that out first so locate is when the animal goes up a tree whether you know it's jumped into the tree or climb up there from the bottom the dog has to figure out what tree it went in and then they normally they'll you know on a fox or a a bobcat they'll normally have to make a few loops around the tree like they made a lose and then they'll figure out that it went up and locate um but that is a very hard thing to teach a dog to do and it's very hard to get one that does it you know especially with these running dogs that's their to me that's their weakest link because they're not very good locators but once they figure it out they're really accurate but it takes them they're not bred to do that so it takes them a little bit you know longer to figure that out and it's not a guessing game i mean like when those dogs are locating they're not even like it's not a track at that point they're not just coming to the end of a track and pulling up treed which i think is the downfall of a ton of dogs out there it's like, oh, well, it's not leaving here, so it must be here. That's different than a dog smelling around, not finding an outbound and throwing its head into the wind and locating that animal. They're locating the source of that scent versus by default, we're going to grab a tree. You know, and I, that's where a lot of slick dream comes from, I think. 
Oh, yeah, because the dogs that are slick treeing are not locating. They just know the track ended, and they go, well, it must have went up. Grab you know? a tree. And that's bred into them for these competition hunts. You know, they want dogs that are going to tree fast. I want my dogs to take their time before they tree. I don't care if it takes them five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I want them to know when they set down a tree that it's in there. I don't have to walk into a slick, because that is not fun country down there. No, definitely not. So that's the locate part. The tree dog is, so once a dog locates, so you have one dog that finally locates it, well, they're all just going to go in there and tree with that dog because they've been to, you know, a bunch of trees. They know it's up there, but they didn't know how to figure out what tree it was in. The mother dog showed them what tree it's in. Then now they can smell it. Now they know, okay, here it is. Yeah. But they did not locate it. They're just treeing because another dog showed them where it was at. That's, so a, that's the difference between a dog that trees and a dog that locates. And that's like... The greatest moment in a race, I think. There's like screaming, jumped hot. That thing's running, stinking. Dogs are on it. And then there's dead silence. And you just kind of hold your breath for a minute. And, you, and yep. you're waiting for that locate. And that is the coolest. Uh, to me, that's what gives me goosebumps still. that That's what keeps me coming back for more. Yeah. A lot of dogs will let out one long locate and then they'll make a couple more loops around yep. and they might let out another one, a couple loops, and then they'll sit down and, and tree. Yeah. And the dogs that still have that audible changeover, like I, I can't remember what episode it was, but he was making fun of me the way I was imitating Henry, but you know, just big, long locate ball. And it just sent chills up my spine, man. I got him right now thinking about it. Now he's passed on, but Man, that was the coolest thing about that dog was the locate, just the dead silence. And then out of the depths of the night, you just hear, oh, yo, 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 yo. Uh, that was like, that's what kept me in it all the years I wanted to quit, man. That That is the key. To, I think the final piece that comes together for those dogs, the trailing's bred into them, right? Like, yeah, that's something that's going to just be there. Now you some are going to do it better. You're going to have better dogs for cold trailing. You're going to have dogs that are better on a jump. They got better style. They know how to, to cut and use their tools and the, the ground to their advantage. And they just have a knack for learning that. But man, getting a young dog to where they're finally locating, that is, that's the epitome of what we do. I think that's like all the pieces. Especially for the running dogs. You know, they're a little bit tougher to get, you know, a tree dog, it does come kind of natural for them to locate because it's bred into them. Mm-hmm. These running dogs, it is not natural for them to tree. So it you, it takes a little bit longer. You know, they have to figure that out. That would, to me, I'd say, like I said earlier, that's the only downfall I see in running dogs. And, mm-hmm. and they uh, most of the ones I've had will tree and locate. You know, I have very few that I never could get to. But they might be a year and a half, even two years old before they're really good locators. I can get them to tree at a young age, you know, with the pole or with sure. whatever. But, you know, I'm, I'm on to locate the tree on their own without me having to show them like that. Well, I and think, they normally figure it out. I think that's a big thing, like, because the running dogs all of a sudden, like, have blown up. I mean, they're a big topic of conversation. There's a lot of guys switching to them or mixes of them. But I feel like there's a lot of standards that are coming over from a totally different style of dog onto that. Like, if you're expecting a registered trig dog to tree it eight months old... Yeah, I, there's some that do it. I know you've oh, seen yeah, them that sure. do it. What Beetlejuice yeah. was 
Oh yeah, registered trig, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a registered trig, and he located and treated good. I mean, monster. Days. I hunted quite a bit with him. I should have bought him when I had the chance. To be yeah. real honest with you, Cougar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a nice dog for sure. But he was, you know, a natural tree dog, and some of them just figure it out. I know there's lines of Julys out there that tree a lot harder than some full tree dogs I've seen. Oh yeah, but on the flip side of that, I'd say a lot of them. These guys are getting real discouraged with them by a year old and they're not blowing down trees. I mean, it's just a different scale. You got to really change your perspective. I think on a majority of these running style dogs. Yeah, they, uh, they're a little different, you know, you have to figure it out, but most of the ones we got now are actually treating really good. They're none of them locating yet, except for all of she's a year and a half old though, mm -hmm. but she, she's, uh, she's locating really good actually, but most of the ones I got are treating really good, but none of them's located yet. Yeah. And it's tougher on fox and, and cat, you know, especially this time of year when it's hot um, versus bears. You know, a lot, they're going to treat a lot. You know, you don't really have to locate a bear too hard. So they're, uh, they're going to treat a lot sooner and locate a lot better on a bear than a fox or a cat, obviously. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, with that young dog it's gone through the race. I, I mean, it's made the tree, whatever happens, happened, you know, it either blew it down. You jumped it out. You, you made some use of that time to work with it. What do you do when you're putting them away? I mean, do you treat them any different? Cause I've heard a lot of guys, you know, they'll give them treats or they'll do this. If they do something right. Um, like after a race, when they get to the truck, they got something waiting for them or like, is there a routine you have or do you just treat them like they are? just part of the pack no i just you know pet them real good and and be real friendly with them let them know they're doing good but i don't give them any treats or or anything like that i've often thought about it i just never done it you know but yeah i'm hunting 10 dogs you know it's hard to <laughs> milk bone <laughs> my stocks right now. To, yeah you're gonna have a big old mess trying to give them a treat but one thing i like to do at the tree with a young dog like that so you got one there that's not treeing made the whole race but it's now it's lost interest it's milling around so I'll get that dog and I'll tie it up at the tree, but I don't want to tie it right at the tree where all the other dogs are. I want to tie it back a little ways Behind to where them. it can see them other dogs and it wants to be there with them. And it's pissed off because it's back there, you know, 50 yards or so. And it's wondering why it's not up in there. Mm -hmm. You do that a few times and pretty soon they'll stay at the, the tree because they're like, if I leave, then I'm going to be tied back over here. Yeah. And same with they come back to the truck, you know, I'll put them back in the truck and let them listen to them other dogs run and they'll have their head out of the box or whatever wanting to go. And I'm sorry, you shouldn't have came back. And, yeah. Right. Like you missed <laughs> you your know? chance. Yeah. What about if you get a dog, like a young dog like that? A lot of times I've seen, they'll just be super loose. Like they'll go check out the tree, but before you walk in and get that chance to like call them to it, you know, obviously you're going to call them in you're going to try to show them and do the same thing every hound guy does where you hold the dog's head and you try to make him see it. Like we've all done that. Yeah. And it never works. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> but what about if, before you get there, I'm thinking back to like Rose and fancy. They'd, they'd get in there, Fox and tree, and then they'd start making circles. Cause they're looking for that outbound, even with other dogs sitting there hammering. I approached it as I would tone them. They didn't know where I was, but they know it's a form of recall and all their buddies are over here. So that groundwork I put in with tone and recall, I used that to get them to pull back to the tree. And then once I was there and able to, to work with them a little bit, I'd call them, you know, if they went away, it was a verbal command. But 
do you do anything before you get there or you just kind of let them wander around and try to figure it out? No, I basically do the same thing, but I don't use the tone. I, I vibrate or I'll, you know, sure. stimulate them a little bit depending on, you know, the dogs. Like I said, I already know the dog, know what it takes and enough to get us to the tree. But if it keeps on doing that, once I get to the tree and that dog is still milling around and leaving the tree and it's going out there a little ways, I'll turn that collar up a little bit more and I'll, I'll let it know that, Hey, you're supposed to be here at this tree and I'll bump it pretty hard and make it come there. Then that's when I'll tie it back and like, you got to stay here. Yeah. I don't let them, I don't let them just go as they want, but I don't like doing that if I'm not at the tree because if I'm going to hit them pretty hard, I want them to come to me and me be there and be like, Oh, you know, I'm here. I'm doing good. And then time back and say, okay. And I try not to pay too much attention to them, but I'm on the know that I'm there and you need to be where the dogs are. Yeah. Because no, you hit them too sense. hard and they kind of get a little scared, they might end up going back to the truck. You know, so I want to be able to call them if they do start going back to the truck, you know, and make sure I get them coming to the tree and not to the truck or back. You sure. know, if I have to bump them that hard, if if the tone and the vibrate or the vibrate and the low stimulation is not working, then I got to rein them in a little bit. So what about like a, you get back from a hunt, successful hunt, right? They're all at the tree. You've got to run through all this. How long before you take that dog back to the woods again? I mean, as soon I, as well, possible. I to go, yeah, I have to go as soon as possible. Like um, next night? Yeah, I try to go, you know, three or four or five nights a week normally. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and that's the fastest way to do it. I know a lot of guys can't do that. But, you know, at least on the weekends or a couple nights a week, at least, bare minimum. You know, it's hard to train a dog to be top-notch only hunting a couple days a week. It takes that much more work. Mm-hmm. You know, because then by the time, you know, you got to kind of refresh their memory a little bit because you haven't done nothing with them in all week, you know, since the last Sunday, the last time you hunted them or whatever it was. It's tough. So it, it takes a little bit longer. But when it's fresh in their mind, you can go again the next night. And then they start putting stuff together really fast. You know, the more time in the woods is definitely the best. But I know it's hard to do. Yeah. You ever worry guy, about them wearing down like that young because they're still developing? I mean, we're not talking puppy puppies but i'm assuming in my mind we're talking about a seven month old to 16 month old young dog i mean it's kind of what i'm thinking we're talking about here yeah yeah definitely worry about them wearing down but that's why i said i don't hardly ever put them on the initial race at first because i'll take them to the tree jump outs you know stuff like that or if i did get them on a long hard race i maybe just take them to the tree the next night Mm-hmm. So I like starting them a little bit slower because I don't want to cur- discourage them and get them um, wore out or tired. Or then they're like, man, this ain't fun. You know, right. we got, I'm sore and I'm beat up and, you know, I don't want that. I want them to leave on a good note and want to go. Buddy used an analogy the other day. It was like the rat effect or something where like if you put a rat in a bucket of water, it'll drown in five minutes. <laughs> but if you pull it out right as it's drowning and you dry it off and you get it breathing, you know, it's back to calm. You put him back in there, he'll swim for days because he's just got hope. To hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense, I guess. <laughs> oh. And another thing I like to do at the tree, I kind of should have said this earlier, but when I'm leaving the tree, I want to lead, especially the pups, I want to leash them up and lead them away from the tree. You know, of course, they'll come with me. They'll, they all handle good. They recall. But I want them to leave them wanting to stay there. Leave them wanted. I, I want to drag them away. And I don't yeah. want to call them. I don't want. I just want to pull them away at least 100 yards or so. Then 
I can let them loose and call them to me and have them come with me. You know, especially the pups, you know, that I try to do it even with the old dogs, but mm. the, especially, you know, the pups, I want to leave them wanting to be at that tree. And I yeah. kind of learned that the hard way because I was calling them all off the tree and pretty soon I got to where I just start walking away, even just looking for the fox. They just follow me. Yep. And I'm like, hey, you're just sitting over there. And Eddie and I are actually talking about it. And he he said that's what he does. And I've been doing that with mine ever since. And it made a big, big difference. It doesn't seem like a big thing to some people. Uh, I mean, like, it's awesome being able to walk out and just, hey, come on. And they're following you. But I will tell you, when you're hiking into a tree and you're 300 yards away and your fat butt slips on something and cracks a stick and your dogs all pull tree, it, it does make you reconsider doing something different. It's yeah. Luckily, these fox will sit up there. They aren't bailing on us. But like a big game hunter, that would never fly. No, definitely not. Yeah, I kind of I agree there. I, I think, you know, it's great to be able to call them off. But in the second note there, it's you don't want to be able to call them off so easy to where they're going to hear you coming and come to you. Yeah, have the ability, but don't always use it. Kind <laughs> yeah, of well. you can't use it every time because, I mean, I was hardly ever – I mean, killing anything. I'd jump one out here and there, and then I was just calling them all off, calling them off, calling them off, you know, four or five nights a week. Well, it don't take long. They learn, all right, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's here now. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, that's the truth, man. Well, that's, I mean, in your trip recently, you just went down and hunted with, you said Gabe came up too? Yeah. And he's running some of this stock now too, right? Yeah, he has. Kind of going uh, back and forth. He has two pups out of cotton. He has one out of cotton and Kate and one out of Lola and cotton. Actually, he has two out of cotton and Kate, but one was at home and heat. And then he's got Kate herself. So, yeah, he's got pretty much the same same string of dogs. We had six puppies at the tree out of cotton there the other day. A grand, nice. a granddaughter to cotton and a niece and a nephew to cotton at the tree the other day. All under That's a year awesome. old. That's cool. Are you seeing much difference between them? I mean, obviously you guys all handle dogs a little differently, but like, are you seeing some of those instincts coming through the locate at all in the, any of their pups? Um, no, I'm the only one that I've seen locate and she's a little older is Olive. They're, they're all right. training pretty good. I haven't had any of them out locate the older dogs yet, but I've had, especially the cotton and Kate pups. They're really good strike dogs. They're wanting to strike anything. They're like the dogs I talked about earlier. You can't really turn them loose because they're going to strike the first thing they come across. Sure. And um, then the ones out of bird and cotton are doing really well also. They're not, they'll strike stuff too, but not quite as much as those other ones. But they are, they're really fast. They, they're hard to throw out of a race. They stay right mm -hmm. up in there. And they're only, what, they're almost 10 months old now. Nice. But they, they are, they're super nice pups. Everybody that has them just loves them. I've got so many comments and people, I put me on a list. If you breed them again, I want more <laughs> of these. Yeah. Brad has one out of each litter. His are doing outstanding for him over there. Rock mm -hmm. still has one. He said it's, his is doing great on bears in Idaho. Um, yeah, they're, they're all doing a That's really good, good job. Well, yeah, awesome. We had a bunch of young pups coming up that are, Real strong, and uh, we just have a litter out of uh, Penny, the female that Eddie got for me, and mm -hmm. Rowdy. Rowdy's a super nice fox dog too. He's real fast, and so we got those pups coming. So we're gonna have pups, more pups we know more to, to with, play with. <laughs> they're all they're all doing good. It's hard to pull through them, you know. We're just gonna keep hunting them and 
you know, hopefully we keep them all. You know, if they're all turning out that good, that, that's not a bad problem to have, right? No, that's a great problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to do this again, man. I'm thinking next one we should probably talk about fixing dogs. I mean, because once they're going, that's great, but that's kind of the beginning of the end right there. They're going to do something stupid. They're going to, I don't care what dog it is. Every dog I've ever owned, they will start doing some weird stuff and you got to really scratch your brain or have a good group of friends you can bounce things off of. Oh, for sure. Like old dogs. I mean, just stupid old dog stuff, pulling up slick treed when they've never slick treed and doing weird stuff like that. I feel like there's a lot we could cover on that too. Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of little things that we have advantage of correcting with the GPS other than we didn't, you know, with the old telemetry collars and stuff. Like, yeah, you know, that that's a, a really good tool to have when you're trying to keep a dog in a race and correct it from doing this or doing that. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get together again soon, man. Thanks for coming back on. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs>